Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Atlanta, what's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. man, the Hawks are back in the playoffs, y'all. I don't know how far we're going to go. I hope we get back to where we were last year, Mike. But a big win last night. I was scared, though. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Mike and I are texting back and forth. I was out. I saw Trey go down, and I'm literally in a restaurant going, no! I was so afraid he was going to be injured. Walks back to the locker room, ends up coming back. Mike, no issues, no problems, and they roll the calves. Yeah, man, good news. I mean, I don't care about their injuries. We've already documented all the things we've had to deal with over the course of this season. So, you know, cry me a river on that one. But you get a little bit of momentum, and I don't care how good or bad these teams are. The Nets game is going to be huge. They just played in an epic, epic game against the Bucks last night. If you didn't see it, they went to overtime. They blew a big lead late. So, hey, man, do you believe now, Trinity? <laughs> it's just, like I said, it's, it's not the way we thought we'd get there. And, again, we've had some false hope before with some win streaks. But, you know, let's just hope they're getting hot at the right time. Nine of 12, four in a row, 17 of their last 20 home games. That's what the Hawks have done. That's what they've won. So now they've clinched a playoff spot. And, you know, Mike, here's the crazy thing. Could we be the A seed? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what's so frustrating. And, you know, we can't cry over spilt milk. We just mentioned those COVID games we had to play. And some of those games also, Carl, where we played no perimeter defense is kind of why we're in this position. But, yeah, you you could be there. You could you could make the argument that you could certainly be in a, in a much better position where you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops just to get to a chance to, play, to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, last night, guys, Trey scores 30. Um, they never trailed, all right, even though, you know, as Mike said, they were beating a shorthanded Cavs team, but we don't care about that. Everybody makes excuses. you got to go play the games. And, and these are the kind of games that we've had letdowns in. Mike's talked about it. You know, Detroit, we, we had a letdown. And, by the way, we're not the only ones. I mean, the Sixers are trying to win this conference. They go to Detroit last night and lay an egg. Um, mainly Harden, by the way, who didn't show up. Surprise, surprise. But the point is, these are the kind of games that we usually don't play well in. And for some reason, you know, we, we responded last night. So it was good to see. I want to see us build on it. And I'm with Mike on this. I'm, I'm starting to turn the page to say, and I've always thought this if healthy and if we were playing the way we need to, but we're going to be a hard out. We're not just going to go into the playoffs and somebody's going to drub us and then we're done. I think we're going to play well. And if we get, you know, the AC, Mike, then you're talking about winning one game instead of two. I think that's very doable. I know that uh, you got a guy like Trey Young. And if you got a guy, a real bona fide superstar, then you've always got a chance. To me, it's it's been the same question you and I have been talking about the last month. 
who is going to be the cons- maybe it's never going to be a consistent Robin. So we when we use and for younger guys, I presume everybody knows when I say Batman Robin, that's Jordan and Pippen. So who is that Pippen? Is it Bogey one night? Is it DeAndre Hunter one night? Is John Collins going to be able to get on the floor? But I mean, we, we just don't know as long. And that's kind of how it did go in the playoffs last year, Carl. Every other night, somebody stepped up. It wasn't always the same guy. So I guess that's just the way we're going to roll. Let's hear from Trey Young because he talks about taking these final games, you know, knowing they've got to maybe win out. I'd love to see it. I don't know if that'll happen because the Nets come in here on Saturday and that's going to be a huge game. But Trey says, listen, he understands the magnitude of these final games. Yeah, I think we all know where we are, where we, where we, uh, where we want to get to. He's got to take it one game at a time. So for me, that's, that's my mentality and, and uh, approach to it, just take it one game at a time and, and try to get the next one and uh, focus on, on that next challenge. All right, well, right out of the uh, Nuclelouche uh, instructions from Crash Davis and Bull Durham. I was going to say, not right? Not much insight there from Trey, but okay. And God, exactly and the good Lord willing, thinking. we'll get there and win one for the team. <laughs> Tell him what to say. Give him the lines, will you? Cue card, please. I just hope I can help the ball club. <laughs> but he is right. I mean, yeah, we, we have no room to be looking ahead. But, yeah, that does sound very, uh, very major league-ish. <laughs> Uh, headlines brought to you by ATL Live Well, guys. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. We have a packed show today. Brad Guzan's going to join us here in about two, 12 minutes. Then David Spade, as Mike mentioned at the top of the hour, is going to join us, guys. He's playing at the Cobb Energy Center. Curious to know what he has to say about a bunch of different things, but he's a funny guy. If you've got tickets, we gave tickets away a while back, but he's going to be down there um, and will we'll join us here at 2.40. Later in the show, we're going to talk to Seth Greenberg about the Final Four, which we'll get into because tomorrow, Mike, is a huge day. But i got to tell you, I've been caught up today in this whole draw thing with the U.S. national men's team, and we now know they are going to play the Friday of Thanksgiving against England. Mike, I think that's going to be a huge match. Now, again, because uh, you're in the Middle East and it gets very, very, very hot, and uh, there's a lot of controversy about the fact that Qatar is hosting at all, but it does kind of throw a, a, a wrench into everybody's professional sports leagues. So uh, MLS will try to wrap things up before, obviously, and then uh, everybody else is going to take a break. But yeah, man, England, Iran, I know I heard Andy and Randy immediately cue the Iron Sheik memes. Iran good, America bad. <laughs> so, yeah. So look, this is great. The fact we're in it, uh, it's always going to – like, anytime you see these draws, there's generally two good teams and two eh teams. I don't know what the world thinks of us, but we're certainly got our act together this this time around with Christian Pulisic and a great supporting cast. We have uh, been in the World Cup 11 times. The last time we placed, all right, where we felt good about ourselves, just think about this, 1930, we were third. 2018, we didn't make the World Cup. So this whole dominant thing and the U.S. is coming along and we're not quite there yet. But I do think we have a chance with this particular team to show well. And maybe we shock a few people, Mike. And and the draw, everybody always talks about the draw. Well, what's the draw look like? Okay, we'll find out here over the next few months. Start to break some of these teams down. But, guys, this is not going to happen again until November. So there's plenty of time. But this was a big deal because we qualified the other night, and then today was the draw. So, um, as Mike mentioned, it's an interesting group that we're in. I don't know. Because waiting on one team, waiting on the results of a, one more playoff match. in Europe, right? Yeah, and I don't know, Mike, You know what the best group is. I haven't looked to see. But everybody kept talking about Group F, which had, I think, Canada and Mexico and, and Belgium. So, you know, th- there's a variety of, of teams that could win this thing. But when you get in a tough group, it's hard to get out. And so I think the group that we're in 
fares well for us right now. Again, as we mentioned, Iran, England obviously will be the uh, the favorite in our group, and then yep. Scotland or the Ukraine will face Wales for the final European spot. Because even though I know people say, well, wait a minute, Scotland and Wales are part of England. Now England, Great Britain gets chopped up for the World Cup. They don't. If they all played together, Carl, they might actually beat Germany more often, but that's the way they do it. All right, guys, so that is out. Um, as far as the Braves, we'll talk about the, the Braves coming up. Spring training continues, but we're counting down to opening day. As you guys know, we're going to be out at Merce Cobb Galleria on the 7th, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Andy and Randy will be out there, John Chuckery as well. And then, as we said, tomorrow with the Final Four. And um, Clark Kellogg came on the midday show today, Mike. He was talking about this UNC-Duke matchup. I know there are a lot of basketball fans, casual college mm-hmm. basketball fans, who only watch during the Final Four. And if it's not intriguing and the teams aren't interesting, you don't watch. But, Mike, the four teams that are involved tomorrow, i got to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's everybody's got a championship except for Hubert Davis. And what a great story he is in his first year as a head coach in North Carolina. By all measure, everyone loves the guy. And uh, he's, he's able to you know, get his team that wasn't certainly expected to make this run they did. That's why you know, they were the eighth seed. They, I, I think they got tremendous momentum by uh, basically ruining uh, Krzyzewski's going away party <laughs> at Cam- Cameron Indoor, right, in the final ACC game. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you because ever since then they've been on fire, right? right. It, it, it catapulted them into the tournament, to the ACC tournament, and then into the tournament. Here's Clark Kellogg on the Midday Show talking about UNC Duke. Well, it's only one of them, clearly. You have to go back and kind of look at the different matchups. I remember we were here last in 2012. Um, Kentucky and Louisville yeah. played in the Final Four. Um, I don't know how many times that had happened prior to that. Um, but clearly, when you factor in all the elements of this matchup, particularly first time in history, Carolina and Duke meet in the tournament. Obviously, Coach K making his last lap around the track as Duke's head coach. Um, the way both of these teams have gotten here, this is a rubber match from split meetings in the regular season. I mean, you could go on and on and on. Clearly, it would rise to the level of one of the most mm. Um, anticipated matchups mm. on semifinal Saturday that I can recall. Yeah, I mean, it's the Red Sox-Yankees, you know, of college basketball. It's, it's as you said, Carl, even the most casual fan, even Eric Church wants to be there. That's why he canceled that concert <laughs> Stop in it. San Antonio. You're Be's still trying to cancel Eric Church? Passionate fan that he is from App State. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, get a calendar, Sparky. Um, Virginia Tech beat them in the ACC tournament, but to your point, they did win a bunch of games. They won, like, six in a row, and then, obviously, they ran, their, ran the tournament. The toughest challenge for Carolina was that Baylor game that was unbelievable that went to overtime. Um. If coach, it's not how you start; it's how you finish, right. right? If Coach K loses, this is the one that he'll forever look back upon at his age, you know, and, and say, "We've never had a chance to these guys in a Final Four situation." I'm not taking anything away. Coach K is one of the greatest coaches. He is the greatest modern day coach. Okay, you go back to Wooden. I'm not going to go back to the 50s and 60s, but modern day coach to ever coach college basketball, one of the greatest ever. But if he loses, Mike, in this game against UNC. It's how you finish, right? And that—that's—that's that's, again. It's gonna mean something. Hey, the Russians beat us like a drum at Madison Square Garden, but we beat them when it mattered, Carl, at Lake Placid. So yeah, I mean, we'll just see what happens for one of the great rivalries, if not the greatest, in all of college sports. It's gonna be must-see TV. And now, unfortunately, I've got Hawks ticks, so it's gonna be DVR TV when I get home, like a lot of folks. Hey, man, coming up. Atlanta United taking on D.C. United on Saturday. Brad Kuzan's going to join us next. We'll also ask him about Team USA and much more. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game at Odyssey.com.
This is Jim Rome of the CBS Sports Minute, sponsored by... Friday edition of the show. We've got a lot of stuff going on. David Spade's going to join us here in about uh, 20 minutes. He's playing the uh, Cobb Energy Center. We'll ask him about, uh, yeah, that thing that happened at the Oscars and much more as he plays Atlanta tonight. But right now, let's say good afternoon to Brad Guzan. He's big. He's bald. He's a wall. wall. Brad Guzan. He joins us here on Dukes and Bell on the WaitFor.com hotline. Brad, you guys get a, a match tomorrow against uh, D.C. United. Mike and I are pretty excited about what we've seen thus far with, with the makeup of this team. And we haven't had a chance to talk to you since some of the changes have happened. What do you think? How are you feeling compared to where we've been, where we were, and especially as the offseason played off out? For, for sure. First, what, what's happening, guys? Good, good to be back with you as always. Uh, and, no, I mean, listen, it's, it's certainly been an exciting first couple games. Uh, you know, as I said during the summer, it, it was never going to be perfect at the beginning, but I think we've been able to show glimpses of – of what we can do. And, and like I said, that part is exciting. Obviously um, the, the trick is trying to, to be consistent, not only over 90 minutes, but then obviously over the course of the season. And the more, uh, the more times that were, you know, you would say that we have a, a complete 11 on the field and, and guys getting, uh, you know, more and more comfortable with each other uh, as well as obviously the tactics and, and the game plan going into certain games. Um, I think the the excitement is only going to increase. It is Brad Guzan. We'll talk about the U.S. men's national team here in just a bit. But I know sometimes, Brad, in the past year and a half, we joked around about when draws felt like losses. But the last time we saw the guys in Mercedes-Benz, that was an unbelievable comeback. Now, obviously, we didn't like some of the falling asleep on the defensive end, but what an amazing, <laughs> an amazing comeback. And that kind of energized the team, doesn't it? Well, I think exactly, and and I think when you, you you hit the nail on the head, when you look at you know if you were to take that game and and put that game twelve months ago, right, and we were to play that last year, I think that that you know we don't we don't come away with a point, we don't come away with a draw, and, and I think that is a credit to the mentality, the the fight, the the commitment from the group, um, even being a man down, right? You know, you're 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 down a man. Yes, you're at home, but you're down a man. Um, the, the score is, is looking pretty, pretty daunting and, uh, to then go and, and score the way we did the time of the, the game that we did, um, with, the, the situation that we, we were in, um, and then to come away with a point, um, it certainly feels a much better feeling than, than to, than to come away with nothing. And so that part is, is huge. And, and we're certainly going to need that, uh, that mentality going forward. Brad, uh, Joseph, Ronald Hernandez, Miles Robinson, apparently all available for the match tomorrow, which is good news according to Gonzalo Pineda. How cool has it been watching Miles in the U.S. national men's team? And what do you make of the draw today with uh, what we found out about the World Cup? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's been fantastic to, to see his growth uh, on an individual level, to, to see him obviously perform so well with the national team. Obviously, we get, you know, we're, we're lucky and we get to see him train day in and day out and, and be a part of our group. Um, and so that, that part is, is exciting. And then obviously, yeah, and I think all eyes around the world were, were on, uh, on the draw today and, and to see the group, um, you know, I, I saw some of the reactions from, from some of the guys and, you know, I, I think it's when, it, regardless of who was ever going to be in the group at the U S it's the world cup at the biggest stage, the, the biggest tournament in the world. Uh, and so there's always going to be excitement. There's always going to be a buzz. Uh, and I think uh, that the guys are certainly going to be feeling that. I, I know that Miles is obviously pumped, um, and it's it's going to be an exciting time for, for U.S. soccer. 
Is U.S. soccer, like, at an apex? Obviously, you know, we talk to Alexi Lalas all the time, and, you know, you think back to, like, the 94 when we hosted and beat Columbia. But it seems like we got so many guys playing internationally now, Brad, and obviously the, the feeder systems, like right here in Atlanta, it seems like that's so well entrenched in the States that maybe that it wasn't in the past. No, for sure. I mean, you look at our, our, our young group, you, you look at the amount of players that, like you said, are playing in Europe, are playing um, in big leagues, and not just big leagues, but big teams around the world. Uh, and they're having a, a real impact for those teams. And, and that experience that they get week in and week out playing in these, these top leagues uh, on, on big clubs, I mean, they're able to use that experience and then uh, bring it bring it with the, with the national team. And, and that's only going to make our national team better. And, and like you said, you know, Atlanta seems to be one of these, these feeder clubs, right, in, in terms of the amount of players that we've not only sent to Europe but um, have helped uh, push through our, our with our national team. And, and are playing important roles, hence, hence Miles Robinson, right? And so that part is, is exciting for us here uh, in Atlanta. But, uh, but no, on the biggest stage, that's, that's what it's all about. And, and, you know, you get that platform to go and do that at the, at the World Cup. Brad, obviously you've played against former teammates throughout your career. Julian Gressel helped us win um, a cup here. And, you know, he's been with D.C. United. I'm just wondering, you know, is it weird? Does that even occur in your mind when you're out there? in the goal or not at all it just all plays out at the end of the match yeah i mean listen uh, at the end of the day right it's he's he's, he's not wearing the shirt that we're wearing and uh, you go about your business as you normally would and then afterwards you you can you can shake hands give hugs and and and, and catch up briefly um you know but but listen it's it's business when you're out there and, and so yes you know we, we obviously experienced some good times together um you know, we're, we're trying to get back there, and, and the way we look at it is, is D.C. is an opponent that um, they're, they're trying to do the same thing, and, and it's our job to go out there and get three points. And so, obviously, it would be good to see Julian, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's business as, as normal. As Carl mentioned at the top when we were talking to Brad Guzan, we haven't had a chance to debrief since all the moves were made. Uh, when everybody's healthy, it just seems like between Araujo and Almada, Joseph and Moreno, I mean, we got. it just seems like we got a lot of the things that remind pe- uh, people of 17 and 18 with Atlanta United. Is that wrong? I wouldn't say it's wrong, but I, I, I also would be, I guess I would be careful, right, in mm-hmm. terms of, of trying to, to, to replicate that to a T because – Listen, 17-18, that, that was a good team. We were a great team. Obviously, we were successful. We, we won trophies. Um, but I, I don't want to go in and label Luis and, and mm. say that he's got to play exactly like how Miguel played. Or right. Obviously, Joseph has, has changed and, and grown as a player, as an individual. Obviously, went through a, a major injury. So, um, you know, you, you don't want to put these labels and, and titles on, on individuals and say, hey, we want to play how we did exactly what we did in 17-18, because I think this team is is certainly having its own identity. You know, we want to create our own path. Um, And listen, obviously the end goal is the same, and that's winning trophies. Uh, But I think that to be able to, to get there, we need to be able to allow these guys to, to go in and do their thing as, as individuals. We're talking with Brad Guzan, guys. Atlanta United taking on D.C. United tomorrow. Uh, that game's going to be on Star 94, and uh, you'll get a chance to check the guys out. All right, so you've gone through a couple of managers here, right? Uh, you had a guy who wouldn't give you guys a water break, another guy who maybe didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> Tell us about Gonzalo Pineda. What makes him special in your mind? I think for me, I, I think the, the the biggest thing that that managers, I, I think, uh, you know, one of their biggest challenges is how do you get the best out of individual players? Um, 
you get the best out of individual players within a team setting. And, and I think he has developed relationships. He has that openness to, to go and talk to players, you know, whether it be in the gym or the training room or, um, you know, just the hallway or, or the cafeteria, um, wherever it may be on the field, off the field, right? He's able to develop those relationships and, and understand what makes guys tick and what makes them go. Uh, you know, at this level, we all know that guys have the quality. Guys are, are good individuals, but how do you maximize that, uh, that talent, that, that ability? And, and I think he certainly has that ability to, you know, communicate with guys and, and, and see what makes them go. Um, I think from a tactical standpoint, he's, he's very bright. He obviously um, understands the game very well, played at, at such a high level for so many years. And he knows our league. He knows the, the nuances of Major League Soccer and, and the different challenges that the league presents. Um, and so he understands that part of it. And, and when you put it all together, I think it's a, it's a recipe for success. And so, um, you know, from a player standpoint, we're, we're excited. You know, we've had a, a, a really good preseason in terms of uh, an extended amount of time to try and pick up his ideas. Whereas when he came in last year, it's difficult in the middle of the season trying to really implement you know, it's difficult for him to implement his ideas, but then difficult for players to pick up what he's putting down when, when games are coming so so quickly, you know. And so um, preseason was really good, and, and you know, we've, we've had a few games on our belts. And, and like I said, it wasn't always going to be perfect at the beginning, um, but we know that this season is a, a marathon and, and not a sprint. Also, and we, I think we asked you this last year, Brad, the fact that you – just the fact you made the playoffs last year and building off the momentum of that and the fact that he came in and, and saw what, what the interim coach Martino was doing and didn't try to overturn the apple cart. No, exactly. And, and when – you know, I, I don't know how true this is, but I, I had heard something that if you would have taken the, the season from the day that he had, he had stepped in until the end of the season, I think we were either – either the top team with like the best record or like the second top team with, with, it, with the second most points picked up from, from that period uh, to the end of the season. And, and so when you look at that, I mean, it was certainly a successful second half of the season and, and to be able to do what we did in terms of get to the playoffs. Uh, with that being said, it, we're, we're not a team that's just satisfied with making the playoffs, right? Um, you know, we're a team that we want to be winning trophies. We need to be winning trophies. Um, and every result matters in terms of picking up points because you look at then the, the game, you know, in New York City, the, the playoff game, there, there's fine margins between playing away first round of the playoffs and, and playing at home. And I think if you end up playing at home, it, it certainly creates an advantage for you. So we know how important each and every game is, you know, moving forward. Bro, how are you feeling physically? Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. Um, you know, we're, we're excited by the year, like I said, and, you know, it's uh, – it's a marathon, not a sprint, but uh, but no, the, the guys are good. It's good to have our international guys back. Um, so we're we're excited, man. Good well, stuff. cool, Brad. It's great to great to hear from you, man. I know it's, as we said, uh, it's an exciting time. Once we get now back into action, getting into the rhythm of the season, and uh, can't wait to see you guys back at Mercedes Benz in a few weeks. For sure, for sure. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Yeah, man. Absolutely, Brad Guzan. He's big. He's bald. He's a Whoa. Whoa! Chris even uh, knows that. Chris, our engineer, got in that chat. I bet, he, I bet he did after about five <laughs> shots with you. He told me, he said, Mike took me to the game, to the match. I said, how was it? He goes, bro, after about three drinks in, I don't remember that much. <laughs> yeah, my, my my neighbor Martin is concerned because I'm taking her to the Hawks game on, uh, on a Saturday night. He's like, are we taking Uber? I go, what's it to you? But anyway, yeah, so a lot of fun. And it's just a good energy right now with United. So the season is way early, but we're only a few points out from being in the top in the East like everybody else. So it's yeah. Rocking and rolling.
Mike, I like I, I do like the lineup. I'm with you. Uh, I, I was hesitant because we've gone through this the last couple of years where we thought that certain guys were going to be really good. I, I get the feeling once things get rolling here, boy, we're going to be tough to stop. We right. are. I just I just feel that way. Hey, man, coming up, David Spade's going to join us, guys. Yes, David Spade is in town. He's at the Cobb Energy Center. We're going to talk to him next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Are you strong? It is Dukes and Bell. This guy we're about to talk to is going to kill it tonight at the Cobb Energy Center. He's also killing it with his new series. It's called Fly on the Wall. It's actually a podcast you guys can listen to. Dana Carvey and David Spade. It is amazing, uh, and I would suggest you check it out. David, it is good to have you on the show, man. Welcome to Atlanta. Uh, I, I guess it feels good to be back on the road right after COVID and all the stuff we've been dealing with, and now having live crowds and no mask. It must feel pretty damn good. It's pretty good, and to play bigger theaters and to get people out. You know, I don't think I've played – Atlanta really at all, except maybe once on this Sandler grownups kind of tour we did with Schneider and everyone. Uh, It was a blast. So I remember going, I got to get back there. Uh, I never even got to play the punchlines in the old days, which is tragedy. Yeah, man, obviously uh, you're friends with the whole, uh, all the alumnus from, uh, from Saturday Night Live, the alumni like Chris Rock and all that. You know, we got to ask you about this. As a stand-up comedian, is the world just going off its rocker? What did you make of what went down at the Oscars on Sunday? Well, you know, listen, I have a Netflix special coming out this month, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> because Sorry, I have to rethink. I mean, it's too late. I, it's already done. So... <laughs> We'll, we'll see most of it tonight, and then it'll be bye-bye jokes. Now, again, we are on terrestrial radio, so you can't say that. I but, know, I'm but, sorry. But, okay. <laughs> no, but guys are online are getting a kick out of it. But, I mean, isn't it because part of why we love what you do is you take us behind the curtain of all the phoniness and shenanigans in Hollywood, and it just seems like it's running amok. Well, it's very tough because 
it's hard to just say, you know, you used to want to be edgy and you used to want to uh, push the boundaries and that was what made better comedians and that was just always the way it was and you would want to shock the crowd and surprise them and that's what you try to do and now it's boiling down to the seven uh, jokes everyone's allowed to use <laughs> and not <laughs> offend anyone and it just takes the fun out of it because it's okay to be offended. It's okay. There's some jokes that I hate people do and I go, well, I'm not going to tell them not to do them but I mean, I can laugh or not like them or say I don't think that guy's funny, but it doesn't mean I would ever say you're not allowed to do these kind of jokes or you should be canceled. That's just not my thing. Right. David Spade, by the way, tweeted out on Oscars night, a G.I.G. <laughs> joke, <laughs> which got a huge response because, again, I think most comedians felt the way you did was like, that joke didn't warrant that response. You know, I mean, you, there's been more vulgar and, and harsher things said. So when I saw you tweeted, I was like, yeah, because that's the way I felt in the moment. And I was as shocked as anybody. It's David Spade, guys, joining us here. How did you guys come up with this uh, this cool idea, man, that you're doing right now, this fly on the wall series that you guys have going on? Well, I think it was I was with Dana Carvey a lot. He was uh, an OG from SNL. I got on Saturday Live when he was there and he was like a better version of me. He was so funny, did a lot of great impressions. I was not a big impression guy. But, you know, I had, I did what I did, so we would all get in the room, and after the show ended, you know, you stay in touch with a lot of these guys, more than I thought. It was like college, you know? So Dana and I would have dinner once a month. He lives near me now, and we would crack up, and then maybe Conan would come to dinner, or Kevin Nealon, or any SNL people, Sandler, and we'd just laugh. And then, you know, podcasts are sort of mandatory these days, so I said, well, if I'm going to have to do one, <laughs> if it's assigned to me, um, as a comedian, me, I was trying to think it through. And then I thought, God, Dana's so great to do it with. And maybe we take this angle that it's comedy and turn it live because that just opens it up to hosts or people that have been on or writers, you know, just a wider net people to talk to. And it turned out great. So it's been doing well for us. We've only had about 10 air, but it's already doing great. I think it's number two this week on the uh, Apple uh, charts. It's so bad. We have to look at a chart now. I thought I got away from that. I go, I don't want to do movies because there's charts, and I don't want to do TV shows because it's all about ratings. And then they're like, hey, I heard your podcast is doing good. I saw the charts. I go, there's a chart? Oh, no. Yeah, do you get, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I was going to say, you negotiate some back end on your podcast. I know. I'm just, I'm just glad it's doing okay in the charts because it would be bad if they go, oh, there's a chart. And they go, yeah, and it's horrible. Oh, no. But, Dana was great, and they played an old interview with Chris Rock. He was our first one we ever did. Right. So uh, he talks about kind of this sort of thing in it. So people went and re-listened that. And then they'd go, oh, I'll listen to Tom Hanks while I'm here. Oh, I'll listen to Tina Fey. You know, whatever. So it's been uh, fun to do. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to be on the other side of it because, you know, like with you guys, you talk to people, and then I, I have to be interested. Like, you have to be interested in me when I call in. And it's just a, it's work for you. And um, with uh, me, I, I know these guys, most of them we've talked to so far. I know everyone so far. But it's going to get to a point where it's someone from the newer SNL or someone from way back. Oh, yeah, we did Lorraine Newman and Garrett Morris. I never met them. So that was interesting. And they're, they're gangsters. Those first five years, it was like the Beatles. So they were great to talk to. David Spades with his guys on the waitfor.com hotline. He's at Cobb Energy Center tonight, so get on it, guys. Yeah, I mean, everybody who grew up like Carl or my age or even younger or older, the, the connection to Saturday Night Live. And how t I couldn't imagine anything tougher than being a young comedian like you were back in the early 90s and trying to first of get your material into a skit. How, how tough is that? And, and what was that atmosphere like? 
you know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, I was like a high school, I was pretty good stand up. I was a middle actor. I wasn't even a headliner. That's why I never got in the God dang, uh, Atlanta punchline, but, uh, <laughs> I was pretty good. And, and then I got, it was like a high school guy getting pulled up to the NBA because I was good for high school, but I should have gone to college first because I, it was too much at SNL. It was, everyone was too good. And I didn't realize how smart and how quick they were. It just made me, it made me try harder and do better and realize that I got to do, if I don't make it here, I got to quit comedy. It just, it was such a tough run, but I got through it and then made some friends. And then now it just, it kept me going. It was a good springboard for me for sure. There's a lot of cast members that have made, obviously went on to great success, a lot of money. I mean, like Michael Myers, did he make so much damn money? He's just disappeared. What's Michael Myers? What's yeah. Michael Myers doing these days? Good question. <laughs> I just like that you call him Michael Myers. Um, <laughs> Mike Myers, uh, the way the rest of the world says it, is um, he, he's, yeah, I think he got enough money. If I had his money, I'd throw mine away. He mm. was, he was killing it. And then we, we just interviewed him. He's on in like three weeks. Uh, it's great to see him because, you know, I was there for Wayne's World sketches and he was there when I did Tommy Boy and Black Sheep and Coneheads. And, and then he did, uh, he was going to do a Sprockets movie and then he didn't do it. And so he, he's just an interesting guy that can call his own shots. So he's got a new Netflix show coming on with, where he plays about five characters or something. So he's, he's always fine. It's weird. I just heard Jim Carrey say he might step away. And it is tough, the grind of traveling, the movies. You go to Prague for six months and you don't know anyone and sit in your trailer. There's something, it's great when the movie comes out, but it, it can be very tough while you're doing something. Um, but you got to do it, you know, got to right. go through the drill. The hurry up and wait, the making a sausage. David Spades with yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, no one can complain about being in a movie, but <laughs> but if you're, you're with other people that do movies, you can complain. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like radio guys complaining to radio guys. That's why I always love when you get the dirt. Sometimes guys tell us off the record, Carl. Sometimes it's on the record about who's the yeah. big, who's the big pain in the butt. You know who's the phone. Yeah. But I mean, but there are people that when people just you mentioned the name, you just people just roll their eyes in Hollywood, I suppose. Yeah, there's some people that are tougher to deal with, but you know, it's like high school. You're not going to get along with everyone, and Hollywood's like that, so it's okay. And there's people I don't get along with, great, but overall, I do fine out there. I try to get along with people. You know, comics are always friends until proven otherwise. So if you see someone, you give them a head nod. You know what I mean? Everyone's, we're all in the same business. We're all lucky to be here. We're all scrapping. I always tell my agency, I'm like, I got to get another movie so I can complain about being in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's either complain about not being in one or you do one and you go, this is so hard. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, you're, you're cashing checks. What's your relationship with Tracy Morgan? Tracy Morgan? Um, I think when I saw him, he put a baby in there. In me. Uh, no, uh, no, Tracy is a great guy. Uh, we got to get him on. That's a great one. Um, because he's such a fun guy to talk to and he's always uh, great energy when I see him. And I wasn't even tight with him cause we didn't have the same years, but there's like a mutual thing where I think we think the other guy's funny. So it's definitely fun to see someone like that and just uh, shoot the breeze and, see what he's up to, uh, have a few laughs. Always up for a few laughs. I see Fallon a lot when I'm in New York. Mm. He's always fun to talk to. And uh, you stay in touch with these people, and, you know, it, it's interesting to get to them. And then I get back out on the road. I mean, tonight, I, I can't believe I'm doing – I haven't done Atlanta for so long or maybe once. It's crazy. It's such a big city. 
and it's such a big comedy town. And I can't believe I just don't come here more. Yeah, the punchline, it's heyday, and his original spot was, it was the spot. Dave's not lying. Hey, by the, the way. Denunzios. Yeah, right? They didn't book me. I'm still mad about it, obviously. <laughs> so we only mentioned it a few times. I know, I know. We, we, we're, we're friends with those guys. We're, we're friends with those guys, too. <laughs> so yeah, Don Marrera gets it, but Spade can't get in. Hey, uh, so our, I know, I love Don. Our producer, Bo Morgan, literally could be Joe Dirt in another life. Uh, did you, I love it. Did you get the character? Because you lived in, I know you brought up in Michigan, spent time in Arizona. Is it just an amalgamation of everybody because there's rednecks everywhere it, it's combo mostly arizona guys walking around with their shirt off and their gas can the shirt in their back pocket and uh my buddy fred that wrote it with me he's from montana same drill i think the original joe dirt was kind of a mess guy but we had to tone it down uh so we made it more likable but i love that i mean i listen i hear joe dirt every single day even when I'm walking in the wind of Atlanta. I just went. I was walking to Walgreens. It was windy both ways. I go, is this even possible? <laughs> wait, wait, wait it a was... minute. Wait a minute. David Spade's walking to Walgreens? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, the hotel. I go, hey, where's Walgreens? And the guy goes, yo. Get... He goes, I'll get your car. I go, no, no, I want to walk. He goes, no, come on. Anyway, Jimmy. <laughs> and I go, no. He goes, you're not walking anywhere. I go, what? Why not? So I don't know what he didn't tell me, but I just started walking, and he's like, "All right." Like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Where am I? What part of town am I in? No, you're good. You're good. I'm just. I'm just surprised, like the guy. Yes you know? and no. Yes and no. Yeah, I thought I you were going to get a car or something. You know? No, uh, I, I'm out there. I'm out there busting my hump. You know, walking by the Velvet Taco. I go. Are we really calling this the Velvet Taco, and everyone's okay with it? That's great. David Spade, guys, like, tonight. Excuse me? <laughs> he is going to be at the uh, Comp Energy Center. And, yeah. and, and seriously, bro, you continue to evolve. That's a, every business, right? Everybody in the entertainment Very world. Very hard, yeah. That's, yeah, it's hard. That's the key. But you continue to do it. We wish you nothing but the most, uh, the best success, man, and continue to, to be great at what you're doing. And check out this podcast, guys. It's really cool. And you want to hear Chris Rock. He said it. He's on there. It's a bunch of other folks. I think you guys just talked to Ben Stiller as well, right? Yeah, that was this week, yeah. Okay, so it's fly. Um, well, great, and thanks, guys, and I will. It's called Fly on the Wall. There it is. And next time uh, I'll call you guys again when I come back. That was great. Cool. Thanks, appreciate Dave. you, man. Appreciate you, Dave. That's yeah, David Spade. appreciate it. Bye, guys. All right. <laughs> See, all this star power and money, Mike, I'm going to walk the Walgreens. I love his act because I, I love the, you know, the, the stripping down all the stuff and behind the scenes. I get a kick out of it. And a couple guys asked us, you know, asked me about uh, Chris Farley, and we've done that before. You and I individually have interviewed uh, David Spade. Sometimes it gets bittersweet, but I think it was we covered all the bases. Yeah, man. Um, it's 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 interesting that right. being on Saturday Night Live, especially when he was at that time, and every cast, such a tremendous era. No disrespect to the guys today, but they can't hold a candle to that one. It, just, it was just, yeah. It, yeah, they were loaded. It was loaded. All right, man, we got more to get to, guys. Plenty more to jump into uh, coming up here in the three o'clock hour. We'll get to an NFL blitz. There's a lot of stuff going on around the NFL. Also, we're going to get a chance to talk to Chuck Smith in the four o'clock hour. He will help us break down some of the things we've been talking about with the Falcons. It's all on the way on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 